So much for that quiet December we were looking forward to. We've got even more park changes, big updates out of Japan, and a legend rides off into the sunset. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave where he's still fuming about the cancellation of the new DuckTales series, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. What's up? What? The cancellation of the new DuckTales series? You didn't hear about this? I did not. Oh, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, man. 2020 at it again. Every other week, though, we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note, though, that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Yeah, man, uh, it was kind of a bit of a surprise. <laughs> it was like, wait a second, we're losing this too. Yeah, DuckTales, man. Gone uh, gone into the great beyond, I guess. Uh, that's brutal, because that, that series was amazing. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was the best kind of revival where it was like a it was a it was a nice balance between kind of um you know acknowledging where you've been a nice balance of kind of new brand new stuff that we haven't seen before and just kind of like fun adventures and then also just kind of like tons of nods and throwbacks right like we had rescue rangers we had uh, Darkwing Duck, which I guess is still on for its own kind of revival at Disney Plus at some point yeah. soon, hopefully. But uh, but yeah, it was just, it was like it was just so well executed and so much fun. You, you kind of wished that anytime they did any remake, you, you kind of wished that you would take this series, send it along to the higher ups at Disney Movie Making, and are just like, hey, you want to make like continuations of anything? Uh, this is how you do it, or like modernizations of anything. This is this is the direction to go. Okay. Yeah, and, and I mean it's not just like because it like at first I was kind of a little bit uh, like hesitant on it because the the animation style isn't quite as as like didn't look as good as the, to me initially as the original Ducktales, but it wound up being good enough. But then the talent that they had on on board uh david tennant to do yeah. uh scrooge was amazing he was so good and then just the stories too were amazing and that they brought on uh donald as well because yeah. he wasn't really around in for the original ducktales and i think he actually added uh a, another kind of level to it uh to make it a little bit better and that it it showed more characterization of Donald of not just being this kind of like hothead, but made it showed him as being really a, a very caring father figure for the boys, which was awesome. Uh, mm. Not to mention they actually showed <laughs> the boy's mother, which you never seen in any of the like old day uh, cartoons. You just never knew what happened to their mother, so. Uh, it was it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I mean Don Sheedle is yeah. Donald Duck, right? Uh, he <laughs> had uh, a couple episodes where he did did the voice, which were hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Good get for sure. Yeah, it uh, it'll definitely be sadly missed. Hopefully, Darkwing Duck will uh, will kind of be modeled in the same kind of way. I have to imagine it will be. Hopefully, the uh, the creative team behind DuckTales goes on to other kind of fun stuff, uh, other fun Disney properties. Like I'm sure you could think of so many different things that could, could work uh, and be a lot of fun. So. Yeah. I just don't feel it's going to be quite as good as like, I enjoyed the dark wing duck that they, how they brought them into uh, DuckTales, but I, I just think it's not going to be it's just not going to be as as fun as the Ducktales was, but right. But that's just but, me too. And honestly, I liked Darkwing Duck, the original one, but it also was not as fun as the original Ducktales. Yeah, I, I think 
I mean, one of the things that I like about uh, DuckTales is it has that very kind of like, I guess the, the feel of like a Goonies where you have kids yeah. where it, it's, it's kids doing Indiana Jones type stuff. Uh, so, and then high adventure for high sure. adventure. And especially for this new reboot, they were really going into like really different places with it. Like, you know, they had, they met like Hercules. Uh, they had this whole Ragnarok wrestling episode, which was awesome, but it's, <laughs> it, they were very, very different, very creative with it. They introduced some some new characters, but they were also making, uh, you know, making sure to bring back some of the old characters. They also introduced Daisy Duck. They just brought her back, brought her into it, and uh, they kind of showed you kind Perfect of Perfect timing. Yeah, they just showed the uh, kind of how their relationship uh, between her and Donald works and being that she's one of the few people when she listens to Donald, he doesn't sound like he's like, like gibberish to her. Like she <laughs> hears him as perfect. Like he's speaking perfect English. So that's kind of why she's like, she falls for him and she can understand him while everybody else is having a problem. It was, it was brilliant. It was really, really well done. It will be missed. Yes. Well, like I said, fingers crossed on Darkwing Duck, but we'll see. Time will tell. But I got another question for you, Henry. What is the one thing that Disney World has that you've always been jealous of and you, and you just wish that, I don't know, there was some way we could bring it over to Disneyland? Other than, of course, the fact that Disney World's open right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that like you've always wished or always looked over at uh, at our friends in Florida and been like, man, I just I wish we had a piece of that at Disneyland. Hmm. Uh, let me see. It's definitely not alligators. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, which are like legit. <laughs> I would actually say. Uh, and this may be a little bit weird, but, uh, the space, the space. Oh, you mean like the, the just the amount of area that amount of area. Has. Yeah. Cause then we could have, I mean, we wouldn't have like, kind of like smaller versions of these areas. We would have more proper like areas like, yeah. you know, you, we, they could really expand like, you know, uh, Avengers Campus wouldn't be cramped. It would be like a, a full-blown... I mean, mm -hmm. not to say that it's, it's cramped or it's just like they could go a little bit further out in it and they, they don't have to like necessarily like when they put in Galaxy's Edge, they wouldn't have had to like get rid of part of the park. They could have yeah. kept open the petting zoo and the and the barbecue place that yeah. I wanted to go I mean, to it, more. It is true. I mean, that was that was part of the whole reason for uh, selecting that Orlando plot, right? Was that they were they were like uh, I forget what the quote from from Walt Disney, where it was like they had the abundance of land that was their big, or abundance of space that was their big thing. Didn't have the burden of of, of space restriction, but uh, but yeah, it's like that's one of those things at Disneyland. It's kind of like it works and it doesn't. At least for me, I I, I hear what you're saying. It's like uh, I. On one hand, I enjoy the fact that, at least if we're talking about Disneyland specifically, that so much is crammed in there. Like it, it is, you know, you look at like Adventureland and you've got, <laughs> you've got like Tiki Room and then right after Tiki Room, Jungle Cruise, right after Jungle Cruise, you've got Indy, right after Indy, you got the Treehouse. And then right after the Treehouse, you go right into Pirates and then you go into Haunted Mansion, and then you go into Splash Mountain, and it's like, you know, there's very little space in between. So it's like, part of me likes that, or like you could be getting off of, like, you know, uh, you could be getting out of New Orleans Square, and it's like, oh, look at this, like, uh, Fantasmic's rolling on right now, and Rivers of America, how cool. Or you could just, like, stumble onto really cool stuff, but when it's crowded, <laughs> oh, man, like, even with some of these additions that they made with uh, broadening out the area in Adventureland, dude, it it feels tight 
very cozy space. Well, the thing, too, for me is that whenever they announce, hey, we're getting something new, it's like, okay, well, what are we losing? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. But uh, in a sense, it's like Mickey and Minnie's being installed in Toontown in kind of like an old backstage cast area. It's almost was almost like a shock, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're getting like a huge new ride and a refurbishment and we're not losing anything. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's definitely unusual. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it's one of those things like you look at that, you look at the map of Disneyland, unlike unlike Google Maps, not the official Disney map, but like you look at that overhead uh satellite image and you're like oof man looking pretty tight (laughs) looking pretty tight these days i don't know how many more parking lots and uh cast buildings they're going to be able to demolish and build on top of yeah it's definitely kind of like you look at it and go well you know how are they going to expand they pretty much are at the point where they can't really expand anymore or, or like you're going to lose something if you get something new and for sure still at this point. RIP candy cane in. <laughs> I don't know. I, last time I was there, it was not as <laughs> cracked up to uh, what I imagined it was going to be uh, back in the day when I was no. like looking at like they, they definitely the brochure looked a lot better than the actual fact when I <laughs> stayed there. I was like, huh? This is not as as good as I imagined. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely serves its purpose. And its purpose is that it's like right uh, spitting distance away from the park. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much, that's its purpose. Well, when you hear something like candy cane in type thing, it's like, I want to see like, I imagine like a Candyland type motel, <laughs> something like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, I, I, and I, for, for some reason, I remember back in the day it being like looking a little bit more like that. And when I went there, it was like, man, this is just really plain. <laughs> it's just like, this is like a real place. Like yeah. they don't even have like a elevator up into like the, the second uh, level of the, like the, of the hotel, of the hotel rooms and stuff so you had to you have to walk up the stairs and take your carry up your bags and stuff so it's like wow they don't even have like a little elevator for that huh yeah yeah the thing that at least for me disney world always had that has driven me crazy about disneyland and there's a reason that i'm thinking about this now but it, it is specifically like transportation not transportation like at the park because D- Disneyland is so small. You don't need kind of like interpark or even like hotel to park transportation like you would at Disney World. I'm thinking more of like you uh, land at Orlando Airport and there's like the Magical Express that takes you right to your hotel, mm-hmm. right? If you're staying on site. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Uh, and And I was reading recently, there is a... They call it a high-speed rail. It's, you know, whatever. It's it's a it's a train that is now being built. I guess it already goes through up the kind of southern coastal area of Florida, and they're building it to the airport, and then they're going to continue it to, I think they said Disney Springs, and then out yeah. to Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. I think it's called like Brightline or something like that. But, but anyway, yeah. it's like, yeah. That sounds incredible, not only because then you have another option from the airport to Disney Springs, but also like if you're down in Miami or if you're down in wherever and you want to go to Disney, like there you go. You just hop right on the train and I don't know how many hours it'll be, but yeah, eventually you'll get there. And then if you're in Disney, like this uh, for this last trip that ended up getting canceled twice. Part of my plan was uh, planning to go out to Tampa, perhaps to to check out Bush Gardens. And like, dude, if I could take a train out there from Disney Springs and just pop on over, that's money, man. And, uh, and so just thinking about like why there isn't something <laughs> even remotely like that to, uh, to Disneyland is crazy. Like certainly we're from, we're from the Bay area up North. 
So we can drive there. Like it's not crazy to drive there. And even, you know, and, and, and even to like fly down there super easy, we can, you know, basically I can hop on an airplane in 45 minutes, be down at John Wayne airport and then take a 15, 20 minute Uber over to, uh, to Disneyland. And it's like the easiest thing in the world. But if you're somebody else coming from another part of the country or another, or, or another country, chances are you're going to have to fly into LAX and LAX is like <laughs> way, way far away from Anaheim and Disneyland. And you know, the, the thought of trying to plan to get there is like insane. And before that they had the, they had like, what was it? Like a third party coach that you could purchase a ticket to that, uh, or purchase a ticket with. It was like $20, I think each way it was operated by some other company. But at the beginning of this year, they went out of business. So right now, like if you fly into LAX and, you know, you're not like arriving in the middle of the night, (laughs) you're in for a long trip, dude. Yeah. Well, that's why I generally don't fly in just so I have transportation around the, the area available to me without having to like call in Ubers or anything like that. Yeah, I I was I wasn't thinking about it, but uh like being up north, we have like the BART. I don't think LA has something like that. I mean, they have buses, but they don't really have like a a BART, I don't think. They well, they've got like a subway system, but it's, yeah, it is really it's, limited, yeah. Yeah, it's not as extensive as as BART is. Like it's 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 a BART light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so and LA is so spread out, you know, what, what I think when people refer to Los Angeles, obviously a large kind of area made up of various different kind of like small cities and towns, but, um, but yeah, it's much, it's, it's pretty heavily spread out. So, yeah, but it's just like, you know, the fact that, and again, like, obviously it's a very different kind of situation. Disneyland is a much smaller experience than Disney World is. So the idea of, you know, uh, busing in people from the airport that are going to spend a full week at the resort, whether it be at parks or whether it be at Disney Springs or whether it be going to a movie. And obviously maybe it's a little more limited these days, but, you know, the fact that like, you know, people are going to fly in and just hang out at Disney is not as much of a thing at Disneyland. Certainly isn't. But so, you know, it's certainly less incentive for Disney to have their own kind of system in place. But uh, but I was just thinking about this, like, it, you know, it's just like it would it's just it, like I said, it's a little crazy, man. We were trying to a couple of years ago, last year, a couple of years ago, like thinking about family members flying in to go visit Disneyland. And it's like, well, if. You can't find a flight <laughs> to John Wayne, which is a very small airport, then uh, and you have to go to LAX. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's your day right there, pretty much. So, I don't know. It's a bit of a turnoff. I think it just depends on the day and the time you fly in, for sure. Like you can make it. You know, it, it won't necessarily be your whole day, but you have to really like know the right times to fly in and and times to avoid but i think you just plan for that day kind of being lost or or minimal you also have a tendency to like fly in and you're hitting the ground doing stuff uh i've since uh stopped doing that (laughs) and i uh basically we we take a day that day we get in we rest up and uh, we check into our hotel and rest up so that the rest of the time that we're actually at the park and doing stuff, I've actually been fully rested up and I'm not like zombied because that'll take me like a couple of days to get over, especially <laughs> once you start going to the park and you're spending like all day at the park and yeah. you're constantly going, you're not getting catching up on that sleep that i i lost like trying to get there why not so yeah man well i i've just accepted that i uh i live that zombie life so i think it would take me i don't know how long it would take me to get over being a zombie but 
well, all about hitting the ground running, especially when it comes to Disney. Let's go. Let's well, to go, be fair, man. when I say zombie life, that, that means I was up over 24 hours trying to get there and Let's stuff. Let's do it, man. Hey, you saw me last time, man. You were a I beast. I've never seen you happier. <laughs> but we made it back alive, which is... <laughs> That's true. Very important part. I only, I only nodded off slightly once or twice. <laughs> it's all right. I was, there to, I was there to grab the wheel for you. <laughs> well, To be fair, if we were... If you were to ask me this question in maybe two years, I would, instead of saying space, I'd say Tron Light Cycle roller coaster. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think we're. I, I, I know there's that rumor that was flying around about maybe it coming to uh, Disneyland, but I don't think so. If they, uh, if they, if they do that. Before New Tomorrowland, or that isn't just a part of New Tomorrowland. If it's just like, well, we're giving you Tron, but everything else is the same. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> What's going on? What's happening? But I, I think I would I, I would see it as being a part of of if not the beginning of a New Tomorrowland, but a part of Tomorrowland if they actually brought it over here. Yeah. But I don't think they're gonna bring it over they're gonna leave it over in uh over in florida so that you have a you know a reason to go there it's their it's their exclusive in the u.s <laughs> yeah 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 that's true they're, they're saving new tomorrowland for you know one or two or 10 years in the future as, as part of that year of dreams that uh it'll just never come yeah. now It'll it'll probably come, but it's it's, it's going to be a, a ways ways out at this point. Yeah. Well, if they <laughs> if they could just work with some other company like a, to get that bus system up and running to LAX, then that would be I'd be all right with that. <laughs> Bringing it back around, that'd be fine. They had that at they have a similar thing like that at uh, Paris, and it's like awesome. It's fantastic. Just to be able to be like, yeah, all right, I'm going to hop on a bus. It comes every 15 minutes and I pre-purchase my tickets and I'm good to go. Like, I don't even have to I just turn off my brain, slide into a seat. Bam, I'm at the airport. <laughs> oh, all right. That's what I want. But anyway, speaking of Disneyland Resort and uh, and and just with Buena Vista Street at DCA reopening last month. I mean, things were starting to seem like. We were headed in the uh, in the right direction, right? <laughs> but uh, but we just can't have nice things right now, can we, Henry? No. But to be fair, I called this the holidays. The holidays come. People forget that we're in this pandemic. People travel out, and then like there's so many like news uh, articles and in reports of people a lot of people traveled for thanksgiving and uh, i mean i understand that you know people miss their families and they want to be with their families but you got to be smart about it and uh a lot of people got sick and always have a, we always have a big spike after uh after a holiday and i and i believe that, like this thanksgiving was probably one of our biggest yet just because more people were just refusing to like stay at home and not like go travel like i saw like uh videos uh, article uh, um news reports showing how many people were still traveling on uh flying out to places yeah there were a lot man and it seems like yeah to your point it's we're we're within that window right now where uh all of those, anybody that was infected during that time period is now testing positive. So, uh, so yeah. And so because of this latest COVID surge, at least in California, both LA and Orange County have been placed under that regional stay at home order with additional restrictions on public facing businesses, biggies in the biggies, at least in terms of what we're talking about now include that retail stores are being reduced to 20% shopper capacity and restaurants are all being limited to takeout 
and delivery only. So no more, no more outdoor dining, unfortunately. Um, and so specifically to Disney anyway, uh, they announced that they'll be closing all of their restaurants within downtown Disney and Buena Vista Street. I guess Marceline's and Trolley Treats are the only real kind of food options. Uh, and I, and that's, that's speculated to be because everything is, or at least a lot of what they served is pre-packaged and wrapped. But no, like, award wieners, no, uh, you know, Starbucks even when you're in there. Uh, certainly no Carthay Circle. So yeah, man, it's uh it's a real big bummer for sure. <laughs> and then and then yeah, retail shops are uh are gonna remain open, it sounds like, but uh they are enforcing capacity limit. And uh and they mentioned also that if third for all the third party operators of restaurants in downtown Disney, like Black Tap uh, or, uh, ballast point. Uh, it's, it's up to them in terms of how they, if they want to stay open or not, but yeah, they have to be operating as a takeout only kind of operation and food cannot be consumed on premises. So that's brutal. <laughs> it's like we had that brief moment of, uh, of sunshine and then. Yeah. Down. I actually saw like, um, there's been quite a few like little videos people posting videos of of Buena Vista Street after all the like changes and stuff and it's 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 yeah. pretty sad cuz like I guess what they cut off like even further like where how far you can go so like you can't go like up to like uh I guess it's even shorter now they have the rope it's roped off before you can even get to Smoke Jumpers Grill um, yeah it's like right. right there at that uh, churro cart, but of course there's no churros there to buy. Uh, apparently they had they had Sad. some um, some of the snack carts there, but they were only selling the popcorn buckets. Uh, but there was no popcorn in those buckets, so you could get the buckets, <laughs> but you couldn't get the popcorn. Oh, no. You couldn't get the popcorn. Oh, uh, I, I at one point I did. IOU in the bottom. <laughs> I was of it. wondering if they were at least giving them like a packet of unpop, like microwave popcorn. <laughs> here, here you go. <laughs> you go make your that own. That would have been that thing. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Sign <laughs> yeah, of the times. And it, uh, it looks like, um, and they also like cut off. Like you can't even go up to the uh, uh, Grizzly Falls. Uh, you can't go yeah. up to that that fall that. Uh, the waterfall anymore they, that they had set up as an eating area yeah, yeah you're cut off right before you get up to that um so yeah it was just shopping and from the looks of the video even uh if you want to do shopping you're gonna have to get in line because they had a pretty long line actually they had a really really long line just to buy the popcorn buckets <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess they also opened up, uh, like, an area to uh, one of the, I can't remember what was changed over, but they opened up a kind of a, a depot to sell the Galaxy's Edge uh, uh, merch. So, so one yep. of the stores in downtown Disney closed, and they switched that over to Galaxy's Edge merch. So you can get that merch, but... And off the page, they opened up yes. off the page uh, as well. There was some concern, but they it did open, and they had a big line to get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, there's definitely like stuff for shopping. It looked like you know they had some some minimal like uh, Christmas decorations in Buena Vista Street, but at least downtown Disney had a lot more christmas decorations but yeah it was even sounding like from what i was hearing or from the reports is that uh buena vista street really didn't have when they were open didn't even have really have like any like the christmas treats i think it sounded like the the furthest you the closest you could get to a christmas treat was like the churro stand in downtown disney which isn't even like disney ran uh, yeah. that's that like uh, downtown what, Calif- churros or something. It was California churros or something. California like that. churros. That's it. Yeah. They had a peppermint 
uh, candy cane churro yeah. there. And but otherwise, you're kind of out of luck if you wanted the the holiday treats. Can't even get that now. Nope. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, yeah, that's a bummer, dude. It, it's uh, it's one of these things. Like, I do wonder where you know if if Disneyland had been given the approval for reopening or at least some limited reopening, they'd still be open. Like there's no way that they would be closed down. You look at what's going on in Florida. Like they're still open. They're increasing capacity. So I do, uh, I'm, I'm lightly curious, like what, what could have been, would they still be open now? Probably. Mm, right. I don't know. Yeah. I think if they would have, uh, I don't know. I go back and forth. I mean, assuming the governor hadn't, you know, then told them to shut back down. But it it is like this is the we were, you know, when when Disney World first opened and, you know, they were spiking through the roof as that uh, with uh, with infections as the parks were all opening. There was always that question of like, so is is everything going to stay open? And like, what would that even be if they were to kind of reclose the parks the way that they've done in Paris and in Hong Kong, uh, it's like, what would that, what would that even look like? And they, they didn't do it. So we have no idea of knowing, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, be curious to see. I mean, obviously don't have to think about it now, but it does feel at least in this case where this was kind of the little bit of like, Hey, opening that we have at, uh, at a Disney park here on the West coast. Now that so much of it has been taken away, it feels a little, feels a little more brutal. Uh, I imagine uh, because of the, because you can't serve food anymore. Imagine that means that Knott's Berry Farm is probably shut down completely because. That's a good question. I, think, I, I mean, think they were only selling food, they, right? They were, and I don't. I guess they did have a holiday thing going. Their their food festival that they had before was kind of like limited dates. So I don't think it was like perpetually open in the same way, but I knew that they did have a holiday market that's, or like a holiday kind of festival going on. It's a good question. You're, you're probably right. Either that or they've switched to kind of going takeout. Like technically they could have, Disney could have kept all of their stuff open, but I imagine that the decision to just close everything was primarily because like, how do you even enforce that no one's eating on you know in the premises like that sounds brutal right if you're having like carthay and i don't i don't think they would ever have carthay be a, a takeout only place but like let's say even just smoke jumpers and award wieners if those are the two places that were open um like how would you how would you ever expect that staff members would be able to corral everybody after they were ordering food and making sure that they were getting off of Disneyland Resort and not consuming anything there, that just sounds like way too yeah, much, Yeah, right? I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, if you give them food, they're going to eat it. At, at some point, somebody is going to break your rule of eating, like, on your premises. And I don't, you know, I don't yeah. know if that, what that would lead to, but I imagine it's, it's still kind of like, you know, uh, a something just would be a complete headache to try and like enforce that with all the people. Cause just this day and age, you're seeing just too many people just breaking those rules just because it's uncomfortable and it, they're inconvenienced by it. So uh, I imagine that they would do the same thing if they were given food in like a to go container or something like that, they would, Somebody would try and be sneaky and I'll just have some. Or it's my right. I'm I'm free in America. I can oh, eat for yeah. I want. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. You know, like that's a Twitter video going out. That is that is being broadcast everywhere. It's gonna end up on TMZ somehow. <laughs> yeah, because I guess uh, on top of like you're not being able to eat food, like buy food on the premises. But you have to, like, you can't even take food in or, or, or take a drink in or anything like that. So, yeah. no, no food. Yep. No food at all. Taking it seriously, which, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a good thing. <laughs> so, good times. Uh, and then, of course, goes without saying here, 
at least with uh, with Disneyland Resort. We had Grand California that was supposed to open on December 6th for DVC members who had reservations at the uh, at the villas there. Not opening anymore. So that's been delayed indefinitely. So that uh, that makes sense. That's not too surprising. Um, sounds like also City Walk over at Universal Studios Hollywood does remain open. It is operating under the required guidelines. Less of a surprise, I guess, that that would be open because it's mostly third-party vendors anyway. So it's all up to them, I guess, in terms of what they want to do. But they are open if you, uh, I guess, if that's what you want to roll with. You know, it's, it. you know, honestly, the, the a lot of their food there, I mean, they besides like the food court, I never see a lot of people just walking around eating uh, while shopping around there. They usually like either eat up in the food court or they just don't eat i guess or eat in the restaurants or something like that but they don't do a lot of like the the walk and eat and stuff at the same time so i could i can kind of see that there i mean they do have like i mean some of the stuff they do sell around there like they had those like little bucket of donuts and and they have the voodoo donuts as well but i think people just generally just take those to go not to mention like popcornopolis all that stuff is kind of packaged up so it's kind of a hassle while you're walking so a lot of people just wait till they get wherever they're going and then eat it nothing sounds better than a big order of bubba gum shrimp enjoyed in the comfort of your own home Uh, 30 to 45 minutes after receiving it (laughs) And then in the midst of all of this, (laughs) the other thing that Disney announced was uh, they've extended all of their ticket expiration. So basically, if you had an unused ticket uh, that was going to expire anytime soon, it's all been extended until December 16th, 2021. So I guess if nothing else, they're at least expecting that the parks will be open by December of next year. Uh, And then if you have a partially used multi-day ticket, uh, where your first visit was between February 28th and March 13th. Uh, you'll also be getting that December extension, but only for that 13-day time frame. So basically, as soon as you return to the park, your time for that 13-day time frame starts ticking immediately uh, that you have to use all of your days by. But uh, yeah, man, that... Uh, you forget about like there were probably plenty of people that had multi-day tickets <laughs> and then like were cut in half because of uh of the uh closures that that would be not not exactly the memorable disney trip you'd hope yeah for. but my question being is why december 16th why not december 31st or the end of the month like so you can <laughs> you know why because <laughs> they're like listen we know that we can sell these parts. We can sell both parks out for that like two week period leading up to Christmas. Yeah. And so we want every single person that's in that park to have paid full price. <laughs> yeah. For whatever the for whatever the uh, more expensive ticket value is going to be next oh, year. Yeah. Uh, that that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That uh, that is definitely what they're looking for here. So. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I mean, it, all of that makes sense. It's just nice to see that they've codified that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, and then as if 2020 wasn't brutal enough for Disney parks, Joe Rody, one of the first truly great modern Imagineers, announced his retirement. And uh, and so if you're not familiar with Joe Rody. Uh, he's he is just like one of those masters of his craft that has had a hand in just like so many iconic Disney park experiences. Certainly, certainly modern day, but uh, but also some of the classics. So he joined Disney in 1980 as part of that Epcot team, uh, and he was designing and painting models for the Me- uh, for the Mexico Pavilion. But from there, he worked on a ton of other projects like. Disneyland's new fantasy land in the early mid eighties, Captain EO, come on the Norway pavilion at Epcot and, and the adventurers club within 
Pleasure Island at Disney World. Uh, he was the lead designer for Animal Kingdom, along with Expedition Everest, designed Disney's Hawaiian resort, Aulani. Uh, he handled the entire Pandora world of Avatar area. He was the, he was the lead designer for that. Uh, he also led the re-theme of Guardians of the Galaxy Operation Breakout. And then most recently, he was working on the development of Lighthouse Point, which is that second island of Disney's that's uh, that's kind of like a cruise line destination. Mm-hmm. So, man, that is like uh, quite the resume for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's a lot of a lot of work, <laughs> and a, a very and varied too. I mean, you have yeah, you have parks, and then you have uh, like resorts, like full-on resorts. So totally well, and it's like you know everything. Like you look at like Captain EO, that's got to be awesome to just to be able to say like, yeah, man, I worked on Captain EO, no problem, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, badge of honor. People that remember Captain EO at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're dating ourselves here. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, really, it's just like, yeah, that is, it's a good point. Like, it's just a, a general mixture of things. Like, you're right, like full resorts, but then also like full lands, like Pandora, um, rethemes to Guardian of the Galaxy, uh, Operation Breakout. That's like a, that's a big one too. You just think like, you know, such a, so it, it's it's like big in, in such a strange way because you wouldn't think that it would be as big of a deal. And I think, you know, of course, like remembering back to when they announced that that re-theming was going to happen, like who in their right mind was expecting that uh, that we were going to be, that we were going to end up with something that, you know, wasn't just good, but was arguably even better than at least what the California version of Tower of Terror was, right? Yeah. That and also it, it was really quick it, yeah. it feels like like whenever we hear about like something new and even a refurbishment it, it's like oh this is going to take forever for them to retheme this uh but it was it was turned around really quick so yeah yeah now are you uh do you prefer the older new version of that ride i think i think i like um as far as like uh the ride itself i'm like i liked them both uh for the most part like for their own i mean they they both had their own kind of like character in it it's it's like i i don't know if i could stay i think uh guardians is a little bit more uh they they upped it up a little bit more for it but i still liked the story of the uh the tower the original tower of terror twilight zone uh experience that they had uh but yeah. i think i like the guardians of the galaxy like stuff in the actual like uh the in the queue better than the uh original tower of terror cuz i mean there's there's a lot of like little easter eggs in the uh if you know the comic books and stuff uh, that's in the, uh, the, the queue for you to enjoy. Whereas the other was just kind of like, Oh, it's an old hotel. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The theming for guardians of the galaxy feels much more complete and you feel more immersed as like, as if you're in guardians of the galaxy more so than you did with tower of terror, even though, like I loved the atmosphere in Tower of Terror. I thought it was executed so wonderfully and it felt so creepy and so ominous. By the time you got on that ride, it was like you were already pretty kind of creeped out. But uh but like the Twilight Zone theming, it was there, but it wasn't like you didn't really feel like you were in an episode of the Twilight Zone, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, I feel like this is just like a very well done, creepy kind of set dressing with like a loose twilight zone theme whereas with guardians of the galaxy the whole fact that you're like there in the collector's uh office or you go into like that the entrance to 
the the collector's building and yeah you've got all the props and stuff there and it makes total sense and you're right it's like kind of fun easter eggs but then uh then you go in with uh, the office and then you go up it just it just like all blends so much uh so much so much more smoothly and you do feel like it's uh you're in guardians of the galaxy more so than the uh than tower of terror but yeah but uh but yeah, it's good times. I, I think I think the Guardians of the Galaxy is more fun. I have more fun than I did with Twilight Zone. I do miss kind of that feeling of that tower in Hollywood land. I thought that it was much more kind of like a cohesive land in that way. Yeah. But, you know, I, California Adventure is such kind of like a Franken park at this point when it comes to theming anyway. It's like, it's just kind of the way that it is. But uh, yeah. I think uh, the, yeah. the other thing I do like about the Guardians of the Galaxy is they have the, during Halloween, they have that, uh, was it uh, Monsters? Monsters After, after Dark. Dark. So yeah. they have that transition uh, in the evening so you can have the different, the two different uh, experiences. So, uh, and and like you said, the, the whole like... Um, little story in the collector's office is is a little bit more involved uh you know it has a little bit more to it and seeing uh rocket appear was is is pretty funny yeah yeah it's fun man it's good times uh but yeah so anyway uh joe also had a bit of a fond farewell on instagram where he called out quote 40 years is a long time and this strange, quiet time seems like a great opportunity to slip away without too much disruption. If I wait, I will once again be in the middle of another huge project. By the time that is done, I would be truly old. I'm not that old yet, and there are things I want to do that cannot be done here. So there you go, man. Off into the sunset, Joe Rody. Can't, uh... Can't fault the guy, but really, it's like, man, it sucks to see a, a, just a, a a true goat of a uh, of an Imagineer just uh, just retire like that, especially during a time like this, where it's like, oh man, you know that there's a lot of fun stuff kicking around that uh, that just never got built. And I mean, it should be said, you know, the, the this is more of a an Animal uh, Kingdom, Walt Disney World kind of gripe, but. Everyone always complains about the Yeti on Expedition Everest uh, not working, and he was a big proponent that, yes, eventually, one day, it'll get working again. He retires with the Yeti still not working. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. Maybe. Wouldn't it be awesome as like a nice farewell? I think I read that Expedition Everest is currently closed. They were just like, as a send-off, we fixed the Yeti. Yeah. And finally, we're going to end things on some good news here, Henry. Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Japan will be opening on February 4th, just in time to celebrate their 20th anniversary over there. Uh, And so along with this announcement, Universal also dropped a whole bunch of images from inside showing off areas that we haven't seen yet. And dude, like, how amazing does this place look? It looks crazy. It's so insane, it's so right? Amazing how well they they made this land. Like, it's like it looks like you're 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 stepping into a video game. I mean, it's that's the yeah. best way to just put it. It's you're stepping into a Nintendo video game. So it's it's crazy good. It's one of the few times too that you can say. They fully, at least just at the, uh, just from the looks of, of things. And obviously these are promotional shots. So, uh, so, you know, maybe it might not look quite as exactly the same. Uh, it might not look exactly the same when you're there in person, but, um, but it's one of the few instances where they fully executed on that initial concept images that we, that we saw when this park was first announced, right? you oftentimes see those things and it never quite pans out or it kind of like it was within the spirit of that. Not the case here, man. It, it legitimately looks like exactly like what you said. It legitimately looks like what they promised you it would be, which is that you've stepped inside of like a super Nintendo or Mario. World. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, looking at what, like, it feels like 
it's very condensed. Like every like there's a lot of stuff in there and it's all like on top of itself yeah. <laughs> each other. But it definitely feels like they said, Hey, we have to make a Nintendo game that people can walk through and that's what they gave us. They, they, they that's what they made. Um even just looking at like some stuff for the uh the Mario Kart ride was like uh it looks pretty cool. It sounds pretty cool, and the fact that they're integrating AR into it uh, yeah. is cool. Because I thought they, like, I wasn't sure how they would do um, the, uh, like, the weapons and stuff. Um, but it's cool that it's going to be involved with the, doing some AR into that. Uh, and I wonder how the experience is going to be for people, like, since they're four people cars. How's it going to be for the people who can't drive <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i was thinking too i mean i guess at that point you're just like pure weapons right but yeah that one image that they had showing kind of it looked like you were maybe at peach's castle looking down at the rest of the land you said that like it, it looked like a really compact kind of experience yeah um and yeah man like i it really does look very dense. Like it, uh, you have to really take some time to look at that image to even just start to get a sense of everything that they jammed into that area. Uh, it was funny. Like I was reading, I think it was on Kotaku. Somebody had an article that was like, um, it was saying like, it looks really small. Like the, the, the footprint of the land just kind of looks small. And, and I can kind of see where they're coming from and that, Really, it's just like a few kinds of paths that lead to just various different locations, but just like the depth that they've included in such a, a small kind of space really does stand out. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that all of that, at least at least from the image, it makes it feel like it's bigger than it. I'm sure it really is. Um, you know, that's kind of like an age old theme park trick. So I have to imagine that that is also the case when you're standing there. At least it feels bigger than it really is. Um, the one kind of thing that struck me is, man, those walking spaces, like the pathways, didn't seem that wide. Uh, obviously, we're not always going to be in kind of COVID mode here. So, you know, we won't always have to be in social distance. But uh, but it did seem like, man, when when that area gets packed, it might not be the most comfortable space in the world. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see, man. It, it still was just... It, incredible to see and then yeah that uh that mario kart ride looks super cool so it takes place uh in the bowser's castle which is opposite of peach's castle at least in, in terms of the map of the land and so they have a lot of images that are it looks like it's through the queue but you know it you're kind of snaking around in the interior of bowser's castle so you see all of these uh trophies from different races that have been won. There's like a, a really cool kind of like statue of Bowser that uh, that's greeting you. And then they, they talk about um, and they show that universal cup that I guess everybody's racing for here in this ride. If you're taking part in this ride, the, the goal is to win that universal trophy. So, uh, so yeah, that looks really cool. And then you have those ride vehicles that look that look again like it's it's exactly like what they showed us in uh, in all of that that promo video. And yeah, they they have that one image, that promo image of the ride as it, it, like in the middle of the dark ride. And yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that teamwork plays into the actual experience. But uh, but you definitely saw, yeah, a lot of shells. You didn't see AR glasses on everybody, <laughs> but but uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, you did see those those power bands on everybody, and you did see people that were throwing shells, but then also people that were driving, and then some people that were driving and throwing shells. So yeah, it uh, it seems like you have a lot of options in terms of how you want to go about that experience, right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it it's you're gonna I, i'm sure you're gonna have fun either way i mean you know it's yeah. just it's just yeah it's just gonna be amazing 
you know, looking at it, <laughs> I just look, well, just looking at the, you just, just looking know. at the, uh, the images. I mean, there's, it's almost like, uh, information overload for how much stuff yeah. is around to look at. It's just going to be like mind boggling, like how cool a lot of that looks. And it's just like, you're like, you're, Nintendo experience realized in real life finally. Dude, like one of the coolest things that that I think was present in that kind of deck of images was, you know, they were going over how the power bands worked and they look like just big magic bands, basically like magic bands with like character logos on them. Um and so I'm assuming you can choose your character and maybe that might influence the way that you interact with some of the areas but it sounds like it sounds like with that power band you're able to interact with the environment so if you see like blocks you might be able to hit them and you'll be able to get coins and there's some level of I don't, persistence kind of gameplay or you know a persistent experience so that you yourself have coins that can be i don't know what you can do with them but you know you collect coins and that perhaps that is consistent for each time that you visit uh, you know, the, the, the land overall, uh, they were talking about, yeah, like challenges and they were talking about like some kind of boss fight that everyone can participate in. No idea how that's going to work. But one, like I was saying, one of the coolest things is that not only is everything managed, it seems like through just kind of a, a, a mobile phone app, but the image that they showed on that phone app was like a classic Mario mini map. So it was either it was unclear whether it was tracking like where you are within the land or if it was tracking just your progress in the persistent kind of experience of Super Nintendo uh, world, which is my hope anyway. But uh, but I thought that was an awesome throwback too, where it was like, man, it looks like the progress bar here is it's like an old Mario game. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. <laughs> All I need is to go to like a park and then have another thing that uh, <laughs> Lori and I get competitive at. <laughs> well, and it's 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 almost like this is what they talked a lot about with Galaxy's Edge was that level of persistence, right? Like the mm-hmm. uh, the anecdote that they always used to say was like you know oh you'd go into you know you'd go and fly the Falcon for Hondo and you'd get a bunch of credits. And then you'd go into the cantina and the bartender at the cantina would acknowledge like how you had done on the Millennium Falcon Smuggler run. And it was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, that was not delivered on at all, right? Like it was yeah. the, the persistent experience is just like very, very surface level. I have to imagine not very many people uh, have experienced it or probably will experience it, but uh but it it sounds like at least on um, you know from what they're talking about what they're showing that Super Nintendo World is intending to deliver on that. <laughs> so that sounds really cool if they can. Well, I think the the problem with like Galaxy's Edge is I imagine there's a lot of people they said, well, we may not want to do that persistence for uh, Smuggler's Run because there's probably going to be a lot of people who did really really bad and we don't want to upset them. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. It, it, <laughs> It'll be, I mean, it's definitely, you could see how that would be one of the first things on the chopping block, because again, it's like, would be nice to have, but in no way really affects anyone's overall experience. And so I'm I'm sure that's why it got affected and, uh, and chopped down for, for Galaxy's Edge. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, if nothing else, it'll be, it'll be very curious to see how that's handled and, and if they're able to going to stick the landing in the way that uh, Disney wasn't for that. But it also is super exciting to see this because we know that a pared down version anyway, but that universal Hollywood will be getting this. It sounds like we're probably going to be getting that Bowser uh, Mario Kart ride for sure with it too. So uh, that is definitely something to look forward to, but dude, how incredible for, uh, for Japan and that not only do they have this, but you know they just they just had that expansion, New Fantasyland, open up with uh, with the Beauty and the Beast dark ride over at uh, Tokyo Disneyland. So man, good time to be a Japanese park goer. Yeah, I mean it's they lucked up. 
they got uh, a lot of like really cool updates. <laughs> Worked out. They lucked up. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, it's also gonna you know I think it makes sense that Nintendo. <laughs> uh, Nintendo Land opens up in Japan since it is a Japanese product. Plus, I think they uh, per capita probably uh, it take a you know enjoy or buy into more Nintendo stuff than than we do. But that's on a per capita basis because I know like uh, while you might buy one. Uh, uh game boy of whatever version is out uh uh they would have like a couple different ones because they came out with a new color or something we don't generally do that here we we get one we might get a new generation but they'll get the uh uh multiples of that generation because it's the in thing to do in thing to do will be to go to this park and check this out right oh well, yeah and so having seen all of this on a scale from one to 10, how fired up does this make you feel about the Hollywood version? Which it sounds like they're still working on. It doesn't sound like they stopped too much work on it. I think I'm, I, I think I'm at about an eight. Mm. The reason I'm at eight is because I know that the, because of the, the the room the amount of land that they're going like uh universal's hollywood is in the same same boat as as disneyland is is that they don't have a lot of of room to work with uh so usually that means you're going to get something probably smaller well we know it's going to be a smaller version than than japan is getting so I'm definitely FOMO there. <laughs> uh, but yep. then also, um, because we're getting something, we're getting something, I, I wonder what are we losing? Hmm. So, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they, what they removed on that lower lot. Well, you removed anything. Well, I mean, one of the things that oftentimes is, is removed and a lot of people probably don't, I mean, you probably know this. I know this for sure. But, like, a lot of this, the stuff that's been removed has been, like, the tram has been cut out of the tram uh, ride, the sure. experience. So, yeah. I mean, I remember when I first went to Universal Studios, the tram tour was, like, the whole day. <laughs> it was, like, it took, like, the whole day to go through the to take the tram tour and you literally did like i think at least two or three stops uh one was just a stop so you could stretch and get like a snack or something and then i think there was like two stops where you actually got off the tram went into like some building and watched how they did special effects at the time and then you got back on and then you did the same thing at another location uh and then that was like your whole almost your whole day was just on the tram tour uh but now it's like what 45 minutes for the whole tram tour i think now so they've cut a lot out of it <laughs> yeah, man, but they so they've cut a lot out of it but dude you got a fast and the furious experience you got a king kong experience come on yeah I mean, it's it's kind of sad because they don't really show like they they kind of took apart. I mean, there's a little bit you can still see the clock tower from Back to the Future to some degree, uh, but they don't really point it out really anymore. Mm, that's a crime. Yeah, and that one I think should have stayed around a bit longer at least. Mm. But I guess yeah. it's still an active set, so uh, fair enough. All right, dude, we've got one episode left for this year. Pretty crazy to think about. Is there going to be any other piece of news that's going to shock you? Make a prediction. Is there anything next, that's going to be shocking before the end of the year? In the next two weeks, Henry, are we coming back 
and being like, I can't believe that this happened. Or are we just smooth sailing until the end of the year? Uh, I don't think there's going to be anything that's going to shock me at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. Although there was a bit of good news that came out uh, and uh, for me this last week or so. Oh, let's let's end on this. This is what I'm all about. Let's go. The McRib is back. Oh, all right. We got to. That just about (laughs) does it for today. Remember, you can catch the Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 41 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks where we'll be taking turns teeing off on the year 2020. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, you take care, big guy. Stay away from those McRibs. They're not uh, not the best. They're mine. I need it. <laughs> Bye. Peace. <laughs>